Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. I have traveled on my own, flew in and out, and uh, man, I I haven't drove long distances in a little while, and I was a little bit rusty. And uh, well, we worked it out yesterday. I drove. Uh, we started driving about six, eight, six a.m. and uh, finally, uh, finally stopped in El Paso about eight p.m. and then we went the rest of the way today. But I'm so glad that they're with me. And I'm so honored to be here tonight. And I'll just tell you, I know that I know that I've been asked to preach that meeting on, on Friday, but I'll just be honest with you. I've, I've been just excited to come here as I am about that. And some of my favorite people in the world are in this room, some of my closest friends in the world are in this room. And I give honor. I give honor to all the ministry here. I give honor to your pastor and your first lady, some of the greatest people in the world. And, uh, you know, I guess uh, we're kind of like in-laws or something because uh, Colleen married my brother and uh, my closest friends. So I'm so so honored to be here tonight. If you'll take your Bibles. I really, like I said, I've, I've really been excited to be here and I've just been trying to hear from the Lord. And I really believe that the, I've, I've got the mind of God tonight. Amen. So if you'll take your Bibles, we'll go quickly to Psalm 73. Psalm 73, and I will uh, read two verses, verse number 27 and verse number 28. Uh, I give a special honor to Brother Garcia, Brother Mueller, uh, all the other ministers that are here. And I, 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 truly, I truly believe that you've got some of the best right here in this room. I've traveled all over the United States, and I'm telling you, uh, you've got you guys have some incredible young men that are here. And, uh, I know some of you don't think that just because you're here with them all the time, but I'll be honest with you, I, there, there's not many that pray like these guys, and uh, that's that's what matters. And I give honor to my friends tonight, and uh, let's. I feel the Holy Ghost just kind of moving right now. Why don't we just lift up our hands and just tell the Lord to talk to us. In the name of the Lord, in the name of the Lord, Psalm 73 and 27, Psalm 73 and 27 says, For lo, 
they that are far from thee shall perish. Somebody say those that are far away. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all thy works. My subject to you tonight is this. Let us draw near. Let us draw near. That's what we've come to do tonight. Somebody, somebody that maybe you're a little far from the Lord. Maybe there's some distance in between you and the Lord tonight. I've come tonight to pull you back in this place tonight. I believe tonight that there's going to be a call to prayer. I believe there's going to be a drawing in this place. Rock, you lift up your hands and declare, I'm going to draw near to the Lord tonight. Close your eyes and let your voice out. God, I thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to be in your house. Oh, why don't somebody talk in tongues in this house right now? Hey, what was he saying? 
He was saying this is a personal choice. He said, I don't care what nobody else is doing. It doesn't matter to me what, what my neighbor's doing. It doesn't matter to me what my family's doing. He said, as for me, I know. I tried it the other way. And I know it's good for me to draw near to the Lord. He said, I'm going to get close to him. He said, I'm going to draw near to the king. He said, I don't care what anybody else is doing. But I'm going to, I'm going to do everything in my power to connect with God. I'm going to do everything in my power to reach for God. Hear me today. I've come to preach to you and tell you. He said, it's good for me to draw near to God. But then he says, I put my trust in the Lord God. That I may declare all thy works. He explains that trust and the works of the Lord are both byproducts of drawing near to the Lord. He said the ones that are far away, they're not going to be trusting him. You know what they're going to be doing? They're going to be perishing. They're going to be destroyed. Oh, he said, but as for me, oh, I'm going to draw close to him. And because of that, I'm going to hold his hand and I'm about to walk through some things and I'm going to know that I'm not alone. I'm going to hold his hand and I'm going to walk through some things and know it ain't just my battle. I've come to preach to somebody in this room and tell you, oh, you will trust the Lord if you will get closer to the Lord. I don't see a lot of people that's far from God trusting the Lord. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of belly aching. As a matter of fact, there's a lot of complaining. But you want to get trust in your word? You want to learn how to trust Him? I'll tell you how you learn how to trust Him. You get to know Him. You get close to Him. Nobody trusts the Lord like the ones that's close to the Lord. Nobody trusts the Lord like those that are holding His hand for him. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You're going through something in your head and you got to make up your mind. Somebody else may be running away, but I'm running to him. Some may be going the other way, but I'm going to get close to him. I want to tell you, if you're going to make it in this walk with God, you got to make up your mind. I'm going to get close to him. I'm going to get close to him. I come to preach to somebody in this room. You found yourself in the land of far, far away. And it just ain't cutting it. You're, you're living in the land of far, far away. And you're not happy with your walk with God. I want to tell you why you're not happy with your walk with God. It's because you're walking away. Oh, but if you'll change your direction, then you'll say, God, I'm going to get closer to you than I've ever been. That's got to be every cry in the room. Every person in the room has got to make a declaration in your spirit. You've got to take a stand in your life and say, God, I don't care what the rest of the world is doing. I'm going to get close to the Lord. Oh, why don't you just do that right now? Why don't you lift up your hands and say, God, I'm going to pursue you. God, I'm going to run after you. There's somebody in this room, it's been a while since you really prayed. It's been a while since you really looked at your hands. But God has come to tell you, if you'll run after me, I'll show up in your world. If you'll run after me, I'll put trust into your world. And you will see the works of the Lord. Everybody wants to see the works of the Lord. 
Everybody wants to see his glory. Everybody wants a miracle. Everybody wants God to do something. But David said, it's good for me to draw near to the Lord. And then after I draw near to him, oh, I'll be able to trust him. And I may declare all of his works. Why can I declare his works? Because he said, I'll see his works firsthand in my life. Oh, I want to tell you, if you'll make up your mind, I'm going after God. There's not one problem that's too big. There's not one problem that he can't fix. There's not one thing that he can't correct in your life. I come to tell you, the closer I am to the Lord, the easier it is for me to trust him. The closer I am to the Lord, the more I see his hand in my life. I've learned that in this thing called living for God, if it's really going to work, I've got to get close to him. That's the bottom line. If this thing called living for God is really going to work, I've got to get close to Him. Why? Because I don't get the benefits just by coming and checking off on a Wednesday night checklist that I made it to church. Honey, I want to tell you, faithfulness is great and you got to have it. But I want to tell you, you can be faithful all day, not have a pursuit, and not see the hand of God in your life. you got to make up your mind, God. I'm going out after you with everything I've got. There's a call. There is a call in the earth right now. Anybody who prays, anybody who has any type of prayer life, I guarantee you, you have felt that there is a call. When you get up in the morning, you can feel a call to prayer. When you're driving down the road, you can feel a call to prayer. There is a call. God is saying, draw near to me. God is reaching. God is pulling. God is beckoning for every single one of us. And there's got to be somebody that says, God, I'm going to answer the call. I'm going to answer the call and I'm going to run after you. I've heard a lot of people as of late I've had them come up to me and say Brother Taylor, I'm called to preach. I want to tell you before you're called to preach, you're called to pray. And if you won't, if you won't pray, you ain't going to preach. Oh, if you won't pray, your preaching's going to be dead and it's going to be hollow. If you won't pray, your singing's going to be hollow. Oh, if you won't pray, you're playing the piano is going to be hollow. But if somebody in this room will answer the number one call, that call to a relationship with him in this room, there's nothing that will hold back from you. Oh, somebody lift your hands and talk to him right now. Oh, I love coming to this church because he's always so close. Why is he close? Because there's some praying people in this church. But this is, what, this is what I know. Oh, in the midst of the praying people, it's easy to blend in to the land of far, far away. In the midst of great worship, it's easy to blend in into the land of far, far away. In the midst of a great pastor. Oh, in the midst of great youth leadership. And in the midst of great Bible study teaching and prayer warriors and kids that are on the aisles and worship. I want to tell you, it's easy to blend in. It's easy to blend into the land of far, far away. If there's ever been a verse for our day, I believe it's Hebrews 10 and 25. 
Oh, in the last year and a half, uh, we have seen this. In the last year and a half, uh, some of us have had to take a stand and do this. Uh, we, we've gathered online. We've done everything. We've gathered in streets. Uh, we've done everything we knew how to do to get together. Uh, it's the verse of our day. Uh, Hebrews 10 and 25. Uh, oh, where the writer says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together uh, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another uh, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Somebody say the day. The day here is the coming of the Lord. And I want to tell you we are closer right now to the coming of the Lord than we've ever been. I would not walk out of this room with sin in my life. I would not walk out of this room without being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus if I haven't been. I would not walk out of this room without coming to the altar and being filled with the Holy Ghost if I've never had it. Why? Because we are closer now to the coming of the Lord than we've ever been. I come to tell you playtime is over. There's no time for secret sin. There's no time oh, for the little things that hold you back. You've got to let it go. Why? Because Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. I want to tell you that he's coming and he's closer than he's ever been. Closer than he's ever been before. We know that we cannot forsake the assembling of ourselves together. There's a spirit that'll go around and say, "Well, I'll just have a relationship with God, and I'll just, I'll just gather at home. I'll stay at home, and I'll just love God." Hey, let me tell you, you can't make it without the church. You cannot make it. This whole thing was designed so also one would grab hands with the other and we could strengthen one another. Hey, I want to tell you, oh, that there's a group that wants to prove how super spiritual they are. Say, I don't need a pastor and I don't need to, I don't need to come to church, honey. I want to tell you, it'll never work. It'll always be rebellion. It'll never work. It'll always be rebellion. But there's got to be somebody that says, I'm not just coming to church. I'm coming to my church. This is my church. And this is my pastor. And this is my music. And this is my worship service. So this is why I step out. Oh, this is my worship service. So we better not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But I'm not just come to preach this. I've come to preach what the writer said three verses earlier. I think we've done a good job assembling. Yeah, there's always going to be stragglers. There's always going to be somebody that won't commit. There's always, there's always going to be somebody oh, that, that loves tradition or loves sin more than they love God. But I've got to tell you here today, I, I've seen the church come together. I've been in revivals where we gathered in the streets. I've been in, I've been in revivals in California where they wouldn't even let them go into the church. But we were staying in the parking lot baptizing people in Jesus name. But I've come to preach to you today. We better not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But it is three verses earlier that the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 10 and 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil 
conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Hear me today. I know that there's a church here that says the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the more we better come together. But tonight I want to echo the words of the writer that was penned before he mentioned gathering together. Hey, we've got to gather together and it's important. Oh, but I want to tell you it was the writer that said, oh, you better get to church. You better get there. He said, but three verses earlier, he said, before you get there, there better be something in your spirit that says, I'm going to draw near before I even get into the building. I'm going to draw near before I ever assemble together with my brother. Hey, let me tell you, this thing is explosive when we're all clicking and we're all where we need to be and we're all prayed up. I want to tell you, if we all get prayed up, Corinthians 9 
and 27 where Paul said, but I keep under my body and I bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. What did he say? Paul was saying it's completely possible to still preach the word and be in the land of far, far away. Paul said it's completely possible. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost here tonight. This night has been ordained by God. You're in this place here tonight. Maybe you didn't even think you were going to make it here tonight. But I've come to preach to you and tell you you can, you can stand in the pulpit and preach just like I am tonight. And Paul said, I can be far away and be lost. Bro, you can pray them jobs and keep that beat and be so far away from the heartbeat of God. Brother Joe, you can get the progressions right, but that heart not be right. But you know what Paul said? Brother Nate, this is what he said. He said, I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Paul said, I must bring myself under subjection. What was he saying? He said, I didn't want to do it. There was a part of me that didn't want to pray. He said there was a part of me that didn't want to sell out. There was a part of me that when the preacher was preaching, and he said, lift up your hands. I want to look, I wanted to look at him like he had, like he had 14 eyes. Oh, and seven pair of glasses. Come on, that's the truth. Come on. But Paul said, I breathe. I'm going to bring this box of Kleenexes with me. You know what I got to do? I got to pick it up. It don't matter how much you don't want to be there or how much you don't want to go. I got to grab a hold of it. What's that mean? Paul said, sometimes when I get up in the morning, I don't want to pray. He said, sometimes when I'm tired, I don't want to have my mind on God. He said, but this much I know, I got to breathe. What did he say? He said, I'm grabbing a hold of myself. And I'm saying, boy, you don't want to pray, but you're about to get What was he saying? He said, I got to grab a hold of my will. And I got to line it up with the will of God. And say, boy, why's your mind over here? Boy, why's your plans over here? Let me get you into subjection. Hey, I want to tell you. He was saying, I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to fast. I didn't want to sell out. I didn't want to deny the flesh. But I want to tell you. He said, I bring it. What are you bringing? Oh, I want to tell you. We all bring something to the table. 
What are you bringing? Are you bringing a bunch of distractions? Or are you going to make up your mind? I'm going to grab a hold of myself and I'm going to make up my mind. I'm about to get in subjection with the Lord. Watch this. I like this. I saw this for the first time today. In 1 Corinthians 9 and 27, that same scripture I just read to you. In the NIV version, he said, when he talked about taking his body into subjection, bringing it into subjection, he said, no. He said, I strike a blow to my body. What was he saying? He was saying, oh, he, he struck a blow to his body. What was he saying? He was saying, my spirit's going to win today. <laughs> my flesh ain't going to win today. Hey, I want to tell you who my biggest enemy is. My biggest enemy is not the devil. Do nothing to me. I want to tell you, my biggest enemy. Come on, Let me tell you what the devil is in my life. He's in the corner. He's been rebuked. Why? Because I pay my tithes. I pay my tithes. And when I do that, it's not just for the pastor to do what he wants with it. But when I do that, it's, for, it's to rebuke the devourer in my life. Fish is my biggest enemy. Come on now. That's right. Because sometimes I just don't want to. Sometimes I just don't feel like it. And sometimes I'm tired out of after driving. Sometimes I just want to sleep in and just call and say, you know what, let Brother Nate, Brother Nate carry it. I know he's a fire breathing dragon too. And he can do it. But let me tell you. It was Paul that said, I strike a blow through my body. What does he say? I'm going to beat up that old flesh. And I'm not going to let the flesh win today. The flesh ain't going to win today. And I want to tell you, somebody's got to make sure that your flesh ain't ruining your spirit. Oh, someone's going to win. And you got to make sure my spirit is ruining my flesh. My spirit is ruining my flesh. Lift up your hands and talk to the Lord right now. Somebody praise the Holy Ghost right now. Somebody's got to make up your mind. There's some things that's got to go. There's some things that's got to go. Somebody pray right now. Somebody push on the Holy Ghost. There's something that's got to come in my life. There's something that's got, I've got to draw near. I've got to make up my mind. I'm going to be ran by what's going on in my spirit. Not ran by what's going on in my flesh. Why? Because even I, even I, could be a castaway. Somebody make contact with your neighbor and pray with the Holy Ghost right now. I'm preaching to somebody, you gotta, woo, you gotta strike a blow tonight. You gotta fight back tonight. I can't get away from it. I'm trying to move on. But I'm telling you what you need to do. You need to stand up and say, I'm about to fight my flesh. I'm about to fight my flesh. Hey, I want to tell you, if you make up your mind tonight, if you make up your mind tonight, I'm going to fight the flesh. And I'm going to crucify the flesh. And I'm going to deny what I want. I tell you in the Holy Ghost, oh, there's no devil that will be a match for you. You want to know what the devil reigns in my world? I 
tell you when the, rain, the devil reigns in my world. I'll tell you when. That's when I don't have control of my flesh. You know what you need tonight? You need a Gethsemane moment. Everybody's got to have a Gethsemane moment. What was that? That was when Jesus is about to go to, to the cross. I know that the blood was spilled on Calvary, but I'm going to tell you the battle was won in the Garden of Gethsemane. That's right. uh -huh. Because it was in the Garden of Gethsemane. You've got to understand, Jesus was fully God, and he was fully man. He was fully God enough to see the end from the, from the beginning and to know exactly what he was about to deal with. But he was fully man enough to know every nail's going to hurt. He was fully man enough to know, oh, every thorn in that crown's going to hurt. He was fully man enough to know, oh, that nobody else's body has ever taken a beating like this and made it to that hill. Oh, but the Spirit Spirit is going to carry me there. And I just don't want to. So what did he do? He went in to pray. He's asking all kinds of people to help him pray. Oh, but everybody's falling asleep. I know that the disciples catch a bad rap because they thought they were falling asleep. But I got to tell you what I believe. I believe that. I, I don't believe it was, it was God's will for them to be fighting with him. Why? Because there's some battles that you can only win by yourself. That, oh, nobody could have crucified his flesh. Nobody could have crucified his flesh. He had to do it himself. And all we can see as the man Christ Jesus. Oh, and God is inside of that garden. And there's a wrestling. Oh, there's a wrestling between spirit and flesh. Oh, and the, and the man is saying, no, I don't want to die. But God, oh, the God in him is saying, oh, no, boy. I'm about to breathe you in the subjection. I'm about to line you up with your true purpose. And I want to tell you when he was done with that prayer meeting angels walked into that garden and began to minister unto him. We all want access to angels but how does it happen? It happens when I get rid of the flesh. It happens when I get rid of my will. Hey! Whenever we get rid of our will Angels walk among you. Somebody lift up your hands and receive that right now. You know what you need, church? I'll tell you what you need. You need a visitation of the supernatural. Hey, somebody's got to say, not my will, but thy will. Not my will, but thy will. What am I doing? I'm drawing near. Somebody lift up their hands and talk to the Lord right now. Yes, Oh God, Lord, I want to get rid of me. I'm so sick of me. Somebody's got to pray that. Won't you stand to your feet and lift your hands right now and say, God, I got to get myself out of the way. I 
I've been killing myself. I've been my worst enemy. But tonight, I'm about to make up my mind. I'm about to be close. Be seated across the room. Isaiah 43 and 11. Isaiah 43 and 11. God said through the prophet Isaiah, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. I'm thankful for that word. I'm thankful, for, I'm, I'm thankful to know that Jesus is God. I'm thankful to know that there is no Jehovah Junior because there didn't have to be a Jehovah Junior. He is God and He is God all by Himself. And in Him dwelling all the fullness of the Godhead power. He said that, He said, beside me there is no Savior. God made it very plain as He spoke through the prophet Isaiah that there was no Savior beside Him. This makes it hard for anyone who strives to hold to a doctrine of a trinity or, or some uh, any more than one God or any more than one in the Godhead. God is one and His name is Jesus. And He is God all by Himself and don't need no help. There's a lot of people that's in an identity crisis but Jesus is not one of them. He knows who He is and He made it very plain who He is. Hear me saying that there is much more that we can gather from this verse than just a oneness message. He said there is no, beside me there is no Savior. My greatest desire is to be close to Jesus. When we are in close proximity to the King, we will gain access to the King's secrets. We will learn of His desires. And we will soon become more like Him. There is no limit on how close we can get to God. The question is tonight, how close do you want to be? Though the Lord told us that there was no Savior beside Him, we can see in Scripture that there is a place beside Him. In Exodus 33 and 21, God said to Moses, I said, and the Lord said, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock. He said, there's a place beside me. That's where I want to be. He said, there, he told Moses, there's a place beside me. And he said, there's no Savior there. But oh, oh, he told Moses, there's a place beside me. And it's reserved for you if you want to be there. Hey, I want to tell you, there's people that believe. There's people that believe that there's, when you get to heaven, you're going to see three sitting up there. Oh, but I want to tell you, that's not the, that's not the plan of God. That's not the word of God. Oh, and he, he continued to say in Exodus 30, Three and twenty-two, and it shall come to pass while my glory passeth by that I will put thee in a cliff of a rock, and I will 
covered it with my hand while I pass. What did he say? He said, if you'll get close, if you'll get near, you're going to see my glory. He said, I will take away my hand and thou shalt see my back parts, but my face shall not be seen. What was he saying? He said, if you're near to me, I will show you what nobody else has ever seen. Oh, I want to preach to you tonight and tell you there is a place beside him, but you've got to make up your mind. That's where you want to be. There is a place beside him. There is an empty seat reserved for Luke 15 and 1 says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. Understand that the Pharisees could not fathom that Jesus allowed the publicans and the sinners to eat and fellowship with him. But the fact was that as the Pharisees watched, the publicans and the sinners were the ones that drew near to him. Right. Too many times in Scripture we see the scribes and the Pharisees take the seat of observation but never come close enough for their own experience. It's easy to sit here and say, man, why are they getting that blessing? But the truth is, if you've got to ask that question, that means you're not pursuing yourself because you would have received the same blessing. Although they were the biblically educated of that day, somehow their knowledge of the law did not propel them. It did not propel them into a spiritual pursuit. Friend, I come to tell you, there is a great difference between having biblical knowledge and having raw hunger. And it was that raw hunger that opened the door for the sinner. It was as if Jesus was saying, keep all of your knowledge. Keep all your religiosity. Keep your position. I'm just looking for somebody that wants to get close to me. Somehow in a world that's more biblically educated than ever before, we find ourselves farther away from God than ever before. Somewhere in the world of streaming, as we have access to streaming services, somebody's watching tonight on a live stream. Oh, we can worship every day of the week with all 24-7 with a different church and never truly catch up Oh, with all the services being posted. But somehow in the world of streaming, we have left the stream. We have left the flow. Somewhere in the world of having all this access, we've sat back and learned to observe somebody else's services to the point where we walk into this room, we don't even know what to do. But I've come to preach to somebody. There's got to be somebody in here that will make up their mind tonight and say, I may have, a, I may not have a lot of biblical knowledge. I may not be the most religious. I may not have a lot of things going for me. But this much I know there's an empty seat at that table. There's an empty seat at that table. And that was the difference. That was the difference in the in the sinner, the tax collector, and the Pharisees and the scribes. Somewhere, the ones that had it all together didn't have nothing at all. Somewhere, the ones that had it all together looked all good and looked everything was all 
All right, didn't have nothing together. Oh, but sis, let me tell you who's the one. Let me tell you who's the one that they were breaking bread and they were eating at the king's table. The one that was, oh, the ones that said, I don't care what I look like. I don't care what anybody else says. I don't care what anybody else was doing. Oh, oh, I don't care. I don't, oh, I don't, I don't care what they say. Scoff if you want to. I'm going to get close to him. Scoff if you want to. I'm about to sit beside him. There's an empty seat. There's a place beside him and I want to be there I'm preaching to somebody to tell you what's available to you every person in this room somebody's got to go beyond your initial experience somebody's oh I know you did baptized I know you received the Holy Ghost but I come to tell you there's more there's more for you and you got to make up your mind I'm going after it with everything that is in me why don't we lift up our hands to the Lord Stand across the room. I'm done right now. Why don't you lift your hands and begin to pray right now. Young brother, you stop you. Somebody's got to say, God, there's some things in me that's got to go. And pride is one of them. God, there's some things in me that's got to go. Somehow we got something that's creeped up in this generation. You know what's creeped up in this generation? A spirit that says, if I don't lift my hands, my dad look dignified I'm more, and people think I'm more spiritual. I have no clue how that works. But somebody's got to make up your mind. I've been in the land of far, far away for too long. And I know there's many stories that begin that way, but you don't want your story to end that way. I know there's a lot of stories that begin with once upon a time in a faraway land, but honey, your, your story can't land. Your, your, your story can't end in a faraway land. There's too much, too big of a price to pay. And there's got to be somebody that hears the call of God. There's got to be somebody that feels the pull in this room. And will close your eyes. Won't you close your eyes? Nobody looking around, please. Close your eyes. Nobody looking around. And say, God, I'm about to talk to you. God, I'm about to reach for you. Come on right now. Will you reach for the Lord? Will you reach for the one that's reaching for you? Will you reach for the one that's reaching for you? Oh, why don't somebody find yourself a place to pray? Get into an altar. Oh, get into an aisle. Lift up your hands and say, God, this is the night. This is the night that I make up my mind. I've been far away for too long. Oh, I'm about to strike a blow against my body.
Come on right now, the day of the Lord is at hand. The day of the Lord is at hand. And somebody's got to lift up your hands and say, God, I'm coming for you. God, I'm getting right. God, I'm sorry. God, I'm ready to pursue you like I never have before. Come on right now, there's a pool. God's pulling for you, John Near. John Near, John Near, John Near, John Near, John